Again, if you want to contact me with with questions or you want to just share something from your heart out of the psalm, you can uh, reach me at Psalm Sketches on Twitter or psalmsketches at gmail.com. And I'd be uh, so thrilled to hear from you and I'll do my best to respond. psalm that sort of shifts from positive notes uh, to, to sort of negative notes, from positive ideas to expressions of fear and concern. There are really uh, two phrases that appear over and over again, or you might call it a motif in the poem. And one thing I learned about poetry years ago as a, as a teacher of English is that you want to look for patterns, uh, words that appear again and again concepts or images that come back again and again, because poems are often built around not only rhythmic patterns, but linguistic patterns as well. In this poem, you'll see that the concepts of uh, trust and hope, which seem to be closely linked, uh, are then paired with the concept of shame. Trust and hope and shame. I'm going to first read the psalm out of the uh, old NIV, and then we will take just a few minutes to unpack it. Psalm 25. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. In you I trust, O my God. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one whose hope is in you will ever be put to shame. But they will be put to shame who are treacherous, without excuse. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. 
Remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you are good, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble and what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful for those who keep the demands of his covenant. For the sake of your name, O Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Who then is the man that fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way chosen for him. He will spend his days in prosperity, and his descendants will inherit the land. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have multiplied. Free me from my anguish. Look upon my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. See how my enemies have increased and how fiercely they hate me. Guard my life and rescue me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me, because my hope is in you. Redeem Israel, O God, from all their troubles. Now, this 22-verse psalm uh, is a bit complex, and again, it shifts tone uh, several times throughout the uh, poem. But I wanted to kind of um, home in on a couple ideas. Uh, First is this idea of trust, and I think this is the key idea in the psalm. Uh, David is expressing what it is like to trust in the Lord. He explains his basis for trusting in the Lord, and he tells us why we need to trust in the Lord. And of course, the answer is because we will face moments of shame and opposition from evil people in the world, and even from our own doubts and spiritual afflictions. He begins the psalm by saying, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul, and you I trust, O my God. Trust is an important concept, and it's one that we don't often take a moment to to think about because it it is something that we do so automatically. We trust things because we see that they work. We trust people because they seem to have a record of being trustworthy and honest. Um, But think about what we often place our trust in, which is not trustworthy, which has no basis for trust. We often trust ourselves, despite knowing that we are flawed people who frequently make mistakes, who say the wrong things, who fail to meet our obligations, who harm and, 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 and wound the people we love. And yet we tend to trust our instincts anyway. Think about how much uh, people report that they do not trust the government, and yet every time an election comes around, people fiercely support one party or another as though that party in power will somehow solve the problems that afflict the world. Our trust is often contradictory to the measure of what we say we trust. And I think this is true of God as well. Many of us uh, in our official position spiritually would say we trust God implicitly, And yet we don't live as though we really trust that he will do or will represent what he says he will in Scripture. In this psalm, David provides a couple different pictures of how he trusts God and for what he trusts God. He describes God as a teacher. Uh, He also talks about God as a protector. 
and he talks about trusting God as one who will forgive him. And these are three offices of God that all of us desperately need in our spiritual walk. We need to know that God is a protector, that he truly is uh, provident over our lives, that we know that he will both provide for us and protect us and our families. We know that there are cases where people who love the Lord uh, come to harm, but we do know that the Lord is watching out for us and we have to trust, based on scripture, that nothing can happen to us that he does not permit. Even the story of Job about immense suffering involves a picture of a God who nevertheless is watching, observing, moderating what happens until he finally delivers Job and blesses him at the end of that book. God is also described as a teacher. He is one uh, who will uh, provide insight and wisdom to keep us on a path that is not dangerous, that does not lead to harm, uh, that will guide us to a place where we have no shame. Because obviously not everything that goes, uh, that happens to us in life will go well. Not everything that happens in life will feel as though it is a, a blessing, a victory, a triumph. And yet, and yet we are confident based on our trust in scripture that God will bring good, spiritual good out of everything that happens. Uh, when God says everything works together for good, I believe that passage is in Romans, it doesn't necessarily mean because it would be a lie if it meant that nothing bad will happen to us, no illness no relational breakdowns, no loss of a job. But I do think it it means that spiritual good will always, always arise out of the most negative situations if they are submitted to God's lordship and if we are looking for his provident work in the situation. And lastly, and this is something David comes back to again and again in in this poem, is his need for forgiveness. He needs God to forgive him, but also to deliver him from shame. Because receiving forgiveness... And accepting forgiveness is not quite the same as accepting that we are released from shame. A release from shame is something that often follows years after being forgiven for something. So David in here, uh, in this passage, talks about being shamed in the sight of his enemies. But I think for us today who don't, you know, fill a political position like a king, uh, our shame uh, is something that, uh, that is more internal something we battle within the cycles of our thought patterns, within sort of the churnings of our heart. And so we have to trust God in these three ways. Is he a teacher who will guide us rightly? Is he a protector who will provide and shepherd us through the most difficult of situations in our lives? And thirdly, is he a God who truly can forgive us and and not only absolve us of a penalty for sin, but also release us from the shame that the sin uh, introduces into our lives. The answer, of course, uh, to David is, yes, God is trustworthy. But how is it that David is able to come to this conclusion? David, who suffered a lot of difficult things in his life, David, who made a lot of mistakes in his life. If you read uh, the book of 1 and 2 Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings, you'll see a lot of those stories of David, both doing courageous things and doing shameful things. And he believed that God was provident, that God was a provider and a protector through all of those uh, periods in his life. Well, to, to, to try to sum it up quickly, I think that David throughout the Psalms and in this Psalm demonstrates that the best way to trust the Lord is to rehearse these values in your spirit, your mind, and your heart, to rehearse them. We tend to trust someone as we see a repetition of their trustworthiness. 
Um, if you, you know, use an electronic device over and over again, you eventually come to trust that it will work when it works every time you turn it on. If you turn it on and it only works 30% of the time, you know that it is a flawed device. With people, we know that if they've told the truth to us again and again and again over a series of years, that they have proven themselves to be trustworthy. But with God, who is not quite as present in our daily experience as we'd like him to feel, he is certainly present and working in every day's experiences, but we don't always see that and feel that. And that's why worship and meditation are so important. We have to rehearse mentally and spiritually through prayer, through worship, through reading scripture and meditating on it. We have to rehearse these concepts again and again, or I think by default, our broken and sinful natures will begin to feed us lies that will overcome our image of a God who is always, always providing, protecting, forgiving, and instructing. Again, if you want to contact me with with questions or you want to just share something from your heart out of the psalm, you can uh, reach me at Psalm Sketches on Twitter or psalmsketches at gmail.com. And I'd be uh, so thrilled to hear from you, and I'll do my best to respond.